You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. We're going to look tonight in Psalm 12, the 12th Psalm. Psalm 12, I'm just going to read one verse for our text verse, and by the way, this is my life verse. As a missionary uh, traveling around the country, many times folks would say, Brother Upman, what is your life verse? And I want to encourage you tonight, young person, if you don't have a life verse, find a verse, amen, that God has uh, given to you that, that you can put your name to and, and, uh, and, and use that verse. Uh, ma- ma- many, many, I mean, I've seen folks use Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 as their life verses or uh, various verses, but uh, God gave me Psalm 12, 1, right after I got saved as a 17-year-old boy, and, and that's what I'm going to preach about tonight, Psalm 12, 1. Uh, the Bible says here, help Lord. So this psalm starts with a cry from the psalmist. He's crying out to the Lord. He said, help Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. And, and God, just as a teenage boy, God used that verse to grip my heart. I wished I had the time. I could take the time, but you wouldn't want me to. Amen. Uh, I can tell you that right now. But to just share with you a series of verses that God has used in my life at different parts of my life and different times in my life and how God has been real to me through His Word. Guys, this, this book is God's Word. God speaks to us through His Word. Is that right? We speak to God through our prayer. Is that right? So it's two-way communication. It has to be that way. I was witnessing to a, a, a Muslim the other day from Somalia, and, and as we witnessed, uh, he was talking about how that he prays uh, five times a day. No matter where he is, he stops and prays, and then he looks at me and says, do you pray to your God? He put me on the spot. I was glad, Brother George, that I, I'd prayed that morning. Amen. I said, oh, yes, I pray to my God every day. I talk to my God. He said, you talk to your God? I said, every day. I said, uh, and I just don't hold it to five times, and I wasn't being smart. I was trying to make a point. I said, there's times that I talk to God, like I take the time to get on my knees or walk and talk with God, but I'm in an attitude of talking with him all day, every day. And uh, he was wanting to make it into a competition that he prays more to his God, this kind of a thing. I said, I'm going to tell you something else too, friend. I said, my God talks back to me. And his eyes kind of got, he said, your God talks back to you. I said, oh, yes. My, I said, and any kind of communication. I said, are you married? He said, oh, yes, I'm married. I said, do you talk to your wife? Oh, yes, I talked to her. I said, does she talk to you? Yes. I said, what happens when one of you two quit talking? He said, bad things start to happen. I said, that's right. Communication's got to be both ways. And so it is in our relationship with God. Amen. We speak to God through prayer. We read the Bible every day, and we allow God to speak to us through His Word, because that's how God speaks to you. Amen. God's not going to speak in an audible voice and say, say, Andrew, surely, I'm talking to you. I'll tell you another quick story. I was on visitation here again the other day, last week sometime, and I was putting tracks uh, or knocking on doors and then putting a track if they didn't answer, and then invitation to church, and I started hearing somebody holler, and I'm like, who is hollering? They must be hollering at one of the kids in the neighborhood or something. And the longer I stood at the door, the more I heard hollering, and it was outside. So I walked away from there to go to the next door, and I was hearing, hey, you, (laughs) hey, you. And I thought, man, that's just somebody from above shouting. And here, the last person's door I'd knocked on was in an upstairs apartment and couldn't make it down. And they they had opened their window, and they said, hey, you. (laughs) And I, man, sometimes I get myself in trouble. I say the first thing comes out of my mouth, and I said, 
Man, I thought that was the voice of God speaking to me, amen. And she got a pretty good kick out of that. But honestly, does God talk to you? He won't audibly, but do you read his word? Do you let him talk to you, amen? We need to talk to God. God wants to talk to us, and so we keep that communication going both ways. Well, as we come into the 12th Psalm, this verse God spoke to my heart with many years ago. God was very real to me. And as I read this verse, God, God challenged me as a very young man. That's the kind of man I'm looking for. I want a godly man. I want a faithful man. I wished I could stand here and say that since I've been saved, I've always been godly. I wished I could say that since I've been saved, I've always been 100% faithful. There have been times I've failed God, but I got good news for you tonight. He ain't never failed me. Amen. Praise the Lord. There have been times I've been faithless. But I've got good news for you tonight. He's always been faithful, amen, because he can't deny himself, and I belong to him, amen. And if you've messed up and if you've failed God, hey, I'm telling you tonight, God's faithful, amen, and just to forgive you of your sin, when you mess up, fess up, just get right with God, and you'll be back in good standing with him and go on for God. But we find the psalmist crying out, and he's saying, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Why is he crying out in this psalm? He's crying out because of the lack of good, godly, faithful men. And we know that this is not just the psalmist that is praying to the Lord because of the famine of godly, faithful men. This is, this is the inspired Word of God. This is the Holy Spirit of God through the psalmist decrying the famine of godly and faithful men. And so we hear, in my mind, the groaning of the Holy Ghost of God as the Bible will teach us that God searches to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards Him. Can I challenge you tonight? If God was to look through this church tonight, would He find men? Would He find women? Would He find young men and young ladies? By the way, it's good to have the young people in the auditorium with us tonight. Brother Chad Viss is sick and could not be here, and so the young folks are with us tonight. Uh, but God is looking for young men and young ladies. Could, could, it, could If God was to look through this auditorium tonight, and, and rest assured, He is. Because the eyes of the Lord are in every place, amen? Beholding the evil and the good. And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, and since we're a part of that, He's looking here tonight. He's looking for someone to show Himself strong on their behalf. You mark it down. He's looking for someone that he can use as a vessel to glorify his name through. That's what he's looking for. Right here in the Eastside Baptist Church tonight, you mark it down. That's what he's looking for. Would he find someone like that? If God was to scan the audience tonight, would God find in your heart one whose heart is faithful towards him, one whose heart is perfect? Would God look at you and say, now there is a godly and a faithful man? I know that you're not going to stand up on your own and say, hey, everybody, I'm a godly, faithful man, all right? But I'm asking about God. If God looked here tonight, and he is, would God find in you a godly, faithful man? Because really, that's the one who all matters to. He's the one ultimately that's saying, there's a famine. There's a lack of good men. There's a lack of godly men. There's a lack of faithful men. As we search through the scriptures, I find it astonishing uh, in Isaiah 59, verses 14 through 16, as well as Ezekiel 22, verse 30, two passages of Scripture where God talks about searching for a man. In one case, a man who would stand in the gap before him for the land that he would not destroy the land. God was looking for one man in the nation of Israel in Ezekiel 22. And you know what God said? 
He could not find one. What about that? I hope that would never be God's commentary in your home. I looked for a man in your home and couldn't find one. I looked for a godly man in your church and couldn't find one. I looked for a godly woman in that church and couldn't find a one. I hope that would never be God's commentary. The Bible even said in Isaiah 59, judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off. Truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil, in other words, he departs from evil. He wants to do right. He maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. I'm telling you, God's looking for an intercessor in your home that will pray for your children, amen, to God on their behalf. God's looking for a godly mother down south, we'd say a godly mama, amen, and a, and, and a godly grandmother, amen. God's looking for a godly father, amen, who, who, will, who will pray to God on behalf of their children, on behalf, a godly husband who will intercede to God on behalf of his wife, amen. God is looking for godly church members who will intercede on behalf of the sinners in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. God's looking for godly church members who will intercede on behalf of one another. God's looking at, right here at Eastside Baptist Church for church members that would say, I'll intercede for those little lost children on my street. I'll intercede for those kids on that bus ride over there. I'll intercede for my neighbors over here that if I don't pray to God for their soul and reach out, they may never hear the truth of God's Word. They may never have an opportunity to hear the gospel of the grace of God. I'm telling you, whether you're a man or woman, boy or girl, God's looking for you tonight. Amen. He's looking for someone that He can show Himself strong through. I'm preaching on this thought tonight. Where are the men? Where are the men? Because He says here in Psalm 12, verse 1, Help, Lord, the godly man ceaseth, the faithful fail from among the children of men. Where are the men? And just to answer the question quickly that we're posing before we get into our main points here, number one I want to say tonight, some, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be smart here at all, it's just the truth. When we look and say, where are the men of our generation who will stand for God? Where are the ladies, the godly ladies? The Old Testament would refer to a mother in Israel. Where are the godly mothers and the godly grandmothers that if everyone else around them goes to pop, they're going to serve God. Amen. Where are the men? Where are the women who will stand for the truth of God's Word? Some have died. As we look at our generation, I mean, just since I've come to Eastside, I'm, I'm amazed at the amount of older folks that have passed off the scene and they've passed on into heaven. They've passed on to their reward. And we praise God that they're in heaven in that land that's further, or, or excuse me, that land that's fairer than day. We praise God for that. But there are some seats that have been emptied. The song says one by one their seats were emptied, and one by one they went away. And boy, the older we get, the more we see that take place in our families and in our churches. Some have died. There's no doubt about that, absolutely. And then some, and this is a sad commentary, not all the good men have died. Some good men, good men, men that at one time served God and lived for God and made a difference for God and stood for the truth of God's Word and stood for the God of the truth of God's Word. Some of those have departed from the faith. Brother Chad Viss, several weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago now, preached an excellent message here on a Sunday morning on loyalty to the truth. Amen. And I say a hearty amen to what Brother Viss preached on that morning. Amen. Being loyal to the truth. Paul says about Demas, uh, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. 
God's looking for some men that when things are good, they're going to be faithful to God, and when things are bad, they're going to remain faithful to God. When the church is riding the high, praise God, and people are being saved, and souls are being added, boy, they're going to be faithful right there in the church, having their part, playing their role as a man, as a woman in the church for the glory of God. And God's looking for those that when the church goes through low times, amen, that, and, and, and barren times, and times of famine, spiritually speaking, and wintertime type seasons in the church, spiritually, God's looking for people that'll just stay the course and just keep Keep on going on for the Lord Jesus Christ. God's not looking for fair weather men and women. God's looking for all weather men and women. Folks that'll stay busy, stay godly, stay faithful, no matter if it's popular or if it's not. No matter if we're on a high or if we're experiencing a low, amen, that we'll just stay faithful to God. Some have departed from the faith. It's sad. 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And then, can I say this? I think, I think this is the area, I, I, haven't, I haven't died yet, amen. Praise the Lord, I'm still here, amen. And, and I haven't, I don't think, Brother Eric, I've departed from the faith, amen. I'm still here trying to remain loyal to the truth. But here's where the issue of my heart is sometimes. Some have just declined in their love and in their passion for God. It's a sad day when a church like Ephesus that God writes about in Revelation 2 and 3, and God says, I know thy works, and God gives one commendation after another about this church, how well they're standing for truth. I mean, they're dotting their I right. They're crossing their T right. Are you listening? You can dot your I right, and you can cross your T right, and you can still spell the word it backwards. I believe as Leonard Ravenhill made the statement, there are a lot of churches that are as straight as a gun barrel and they're as empty as most gun barrels. And I'm not being smart, I'm just saying that sometimes that's where we find ourselves in our Christian life, in our walk with God as a man, as a husband, as a father, or maybe the ladies as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter. Sometimes we find ourselves where that love that we had for God once upon a time that passion that we had. Man, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything, man. If I'm needed down at the church, I'm going to be there. Man, visitation time comes, I'm going to be out knocking on doors. Man, if my neighbor has a need, I'm going to help him out. Someone in the church is down. Someone messes up in sin. I'm going to be there trying to help restore them. I mean, because, why? Because, because I want everybody to know who I am. No, no, no. Because I love God. And you can't love God without loving his body. Amen. And his body's the church. I'm, I'm simply saying tonight that God had to write to the church at Ephesus and said, nevertheless, after he says all this good stuff about him, he says, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left that first love. Can I tell you, we don't lose our love. We leave our love. Amen. It's true. I heard, I heard a man say one time to a preacher, or actually my father, I didn't hear him say it. My father-in-law made the statement. He was in Bible college, and a man said to, uh, 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 he was asking the dean of the college, he said, pray for me. I've lost my first love. Pray I'll find it. And the dean looked at him and said, son, you didn't lose your first love. You left it. Go back where you dropped it off and pick it up again and start serving God. Love's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Amen. And when it comes to the work of God, it's a choice that you make. You make a choice. I'm going to love God. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You make a choice. I'm going to love God. If you love me, the, uh, the book of Psalms says, uh, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Amen. You make a choice to love God. You make a choice to live for God. You make a choice to serve God. Even when it's hard, we're going to serve God because love is a choice. I'm simply saying some have died, some have departed. Some, and the problem that I struggle with many times in my life, 
is we just decline. We don't mean to. It's kind of like that flame on that candle. After a while, that flame starts to burn down a little bit. And you got to trim, trim the wick just a little bit and get that flame going. Man, there's times the old song says about stirring up the embers of love in my heart. There's times, Brother Gabe, that I'm praying to God, and I realize, man, things in my heart is a little cooler than what God would have them to be. And I don't have that same love and that same passion that I had to be here every time the doors were open, to be out knocking on doors, to be carrying a gospel track and witnessing to my neighbor, or to speak to my coworker when that opportunity comes. I'm no longer looking for those opportunities. In fact, I'm looking for opportunities not to speak to them, and I'm looking for excuses why I don't have to be involved in ministry, and why I don't need to go to church and when those times come in 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 my life and i suspect they probably come y'all y'all they probably don't come to y'all near as much as they come to me but those times come to my life i'm just telling you the truth and i've got to get on my knees before god and say god please stir up that passion god stir up the embers of love in my heart for you again god don't let me get cold on you god keep me hot god keep me on fire god keep me fervent god help me to love you with all of my heart and all of my soul and all of my mind and all of my strength, God, help me. And he does. He does. He does. I believe he does. It's hard in our day, and I'm not trying to take on social issues. In fact, to me, they're not social issues. They're sin issues. In a day when we find a rise of effeminate men, which when you got saved, God said, such were some of you, amen. God, it is not the will of God for a man to be effeminate. Can I get a witness? Thank you. Amen. Make sure I'm in a man's church still. All right. All right. Amen. <laughs> it's not God's will for a man to be a sissy man, to be an effeminate man. Uh, in a day in our country when we find, I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest, there's just a famine of men in our country. I mean, there's just a famine of men. I mean, I mean men that are men. Men that are men. Men that'll just be a man. We, we have a famine of that. Man, I'm telling you guys, sometimes, I, 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 man, I have to go into the store with my wife every now and then, and... Uh, I noticed I said I have to go into the store with my wife. Amen. I'm not a shopper, okay? And, uh, and, but sometimes I, I have to go in there and help with things and get stuff. And, and I look at what's walking around in there. And I say, oh, God, save this generation. Amen. Because we are in trouble. Amen. I look at half the guys walking around in there and say, boy, I'm glad they're not in the battlefield fighting for us. Amen. It wouldn't be a good picture for our country. I'm just being honest with you. We've got a lot of girly men running around. But I'm not preaching on that. I'm simply saying in a day when it's hard to find, just, just humanly speaking, physically speaking, a man, carnally speaking, a man, it's that much harder to find a spiritual man, to find a godly man, to find a faithful man. Man, pastor on Sunday night, he was preaching under a burden. He talked about Brother George Arnott uh, and, 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 and just the faithful man that Brother George has been. And as he was preaching that, my mind went back to early Sunday morning. I had come down here Sunday morning. I had to get some things taken care of with starting up the church and all this kind of stuff. And so we were down here first thing Monday morning, and Benji and I, we were praying over here, just praying for the service, and got done praying and looked up, and there's George Arnott sitting at the table over there. And I went over and just had just a very, very short conversation. But in that conversation I had with him, there that older man is, and he's challenging me on a spiritual level, challenging me to stand for truth, challenging me to preach the word, to be faithful to God. And I said, God, give us a hundred more like him. Amen. 
I thank God for the men of this church of yesteryear. I thank God for the men that are stepping in, the young men that are stepping in and filling the shoes of those that are passing off the scene. But can I say this? We need more young men and more young ladies that'll step up to the plate, that'll say, we're going to fill the shoes of those that are passing on. Amen. One by one, their seats are being emptied. And those that carried the bulk of the work of the church, they're passing on. They're passing on to the other side. We need the younger generation. That, that, that middle age, what used to be the young generation, is now getting into the older generation, amen. And boy, they're carrying the work in prayer, but they can't do the physical work they once did. They can't be involved the way they once were, amen. And we need younger folks that'll step up to the plate and say, by the grace of God, I know I can't fill some of those guys' shoes, but I'm going to put my foot in there anyhow and try to make a difference with my life for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to try to give glory to God with my life. Can I ask you some questions tonight? Where are the men Where are the men, and when I speak where are the men, I'm speaking generically of men and women, but where are the men who desire God with all their being? That's my first point tonight. I'm just asking as a question. I'm going to have a whole bunch of sub-points that I'm just going to read through and preach through. Where are the men who desire God with all their being? Because if you're here tonight and you do not desire God with all your being, you have missed the point of this Christian life. You have missed the point of, of, of being in church. I'm not here tonight in church for a ritual. I'm not here. I won't be here tomorrow night for a ritual. I'm here be on purpose, with a purpose, by a purpose from God Almighty. Amen. And, and listen, the Bible teaches us as men, Christian men, the Bible teaches ladies, God said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul. I'm asking you tonight, when's the last time that you could look at your own life and say, man, I I have done my best this week to love God with all of my heart and all of my mind and all of my strength. I'm, you prove your love by giving, and I've given it all to God. I'm not leaving anything out there on the field. I'm, I'm, excuse me, I'm leaving everything on the field. If we could use the analogy of a ball game, I'm going to leave it all on the field. I'm, I'm, I'm working for God this week. I'm laboring for God this week because I love Him, not because I have to, but because I want to, because I love Him. And I'm just going to put it all out there and I'm going to give it all to God. I wonder tonight, where are those who, who love God with all their heart and soul and mind and strength, who desire God with all their being? When's the last time, sir? When's the last time, ma'am? When's the last time that you could say with the psalmist? I mean, here's what the psalmist said. Psalm 42, verse number one. The psalmist said, as the heart panteth after the water brook. The idea there is a small deer who's running. He's being chased by a hunter and he's panting and he's panting and he's panting, and he's trying to find a water brook. And, and that deer, his mind, if you, could, if you could get into his mind, he's trying to find water. He needs water. He must have water. And as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Come on. Is that for real? Can a man really say that? The psalmist did. And he was, he was flesh just like you and I. He put his pants on, guys, just like you and I. Amen. I'm saying he was a real person. He lived the real life. Read the Psalms. He went through real issues like, but he came to a point in his life where he said, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I'm asking tonight, Eastside Baptist Church, where are the men, where are the women who desire God as that heart desires the water brook? Amen. I'm not talking about desiring to see God answer prayer, though I desire to see God answer prayer. 
I'm not talking about seeing, uh, desiring God to change a family situation. Do I desire to see God change family situations? I'm not talking about seeing God desire to meet that financial need. Do I desire for God to meet that financial need? I'm not talking about for God and a desire that I have for Him to change a physical affliction in someone that I love. Do I desire sometimes with all my heart for God to change the physical affliction that my own son deals with? I desire that. But that's not what I'm talking about now. I'm asking, when's the last time you desired God with all of your heart? Where you said with the psalmist in Psalm 63, turn over to Psalm 63, the psalmist cries out to God. He said, oh God, Psalm 63 verse 1, this is a real man, guys, like you and I. He has responsibilities like we have. He has a life to live. He has a family to take care of like we do. And here he is crying out to God. He said, oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. When's the last time that you sought God early in the day, that you sought him early in the week, that you sought him early? Young people in your life, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power and thy glory so as I've seen in thee in the sanctuary. Do you see what he's saying there? I'm, can I be honest with you? I believe that's where our pastor was on Sunday night when he was preaching. Man, he was asking questions like, have we topped out? Have we topped out as a ministry? Have I, I mean, that, that's where his heart was. He was asking God. He was desiring God. He was saying, God, man, I desire you. I feel like I'm in a dry and thirsty land. Where in the waters? I want to see the presence of God. I want to see God. Because see, man, if we don't have the presence of God, we're wasting our life. We're wasting our time. We, we really are. If we don't have the presence of God, hey, y'all know I love this building. Y'all know that. First time I walked in here, I mean, I'd be, I used to come over every now and then, occasionally, like maybe three times in 15 years, amen. I, I was at the other building in Sycamore, and I like that. Man, the first time I walked in here, I'm like, wow, look at this building. This building's a beautiful building. But can I remind you tonight, it's just a building, amen. If God is not here, what good is it? I, I Listen, I have met with God. I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious as a heart attack right now. I have met with God in a mud hut on a mountaintop in Africa, amen. I found out that it doesn't matter to God, amen, where the meeting is. He's just looking for the people that desire him, that want to meet with him, amen. And it don't matter to him if it's a mud hut or if it's a beautiful building. And I thank God for the beautiful building. I'm not speaking, man, praise God for this building, amen. But I'm telling you, if the God of the house isn't present at the house of God, then we're kind of spinning our wheels, amen. We're kind of wasting our time. And the only way the God of the house is going to be present in the fashion I'm talking about is if he knows he's welcome and wanted, if he knows he's desired. And that's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, oh God, I desire thee. Oh God, I'm thirsty for thee. Hey, ma'am, mother, sir, father, husband, wife, children, when's the last time that you could honestly say, I'm thirsty for God? I'm preaching right now, and I'm thirsty preaching. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever worked guys hard on a hot day, and you get thirsty, and, and you're out working, but you can't stop what you're doing, and, and, and you get more thirsty and more thirsty. I mean, we've all been there. We have all been in a place where we're thirsty. I'm telling you, I love Mountain Dew. I love sweet tea. I love black label Mountain Dew. Amen. Some of you thought I was going to say something else right there. Amen. Oh, yeah. Uh, black label. Uh, man, orange kickstart. Amen. My wife knew how much I loved that. She smuggled some of that to Africa for me one time. Hallelujah. But you know what I found in Africa when it got real hot and real humid? and you were sweating faster than you could take in, 
I found out that orange Mountain Dews and Kickstarts and Black Label Mountain Dews and Sweet Tea didn't cut it. And it got to where I wasn't even thirsty for them. It got to where I'd pick up a little bit of a Coke or something. like We didn't have Coke over there, but we tried to get like a, well, we did have, they, they called them minerals. We, we could actually get it someplace with some Coke. And I'd just drink a little bit and be like, oh, man, that's, man, I didn't even want it. I hadn't drank it in so long, I just didn't want it. What I wanted was water, because that's the only thing that could quench my thirst, amen. I was thirsty. There have been times that I've been out either out on a hike or hiking a mountain, or a pastor talks about his hike all the time. Since he talks about it all the time, I must talk about it for him while he's going, amen. But you remember that hike he took in the, I was in the Catoctin Mountains or some mountain somewhere, amen. I guarantee he got thirsty somewhere along the way. Think about when you get thirsty. When's the last time you could say, I'm thirsty for God. I'm not thirsty for a substitute like Mountain Dew. I'm not thirsty for a substitute like Sweet Tea. I'm not thirsty. Thank God for good singing. I love going down the road listening to good singing. Thank God for good preaching. I love hearing good preaching. But have you ever been in a place in your life where you said, man, God, I'm thirsty for you. It's not the singing. It's not the preaching. It's not the blessings. I need you. God, if I don't have you, what's, man, what's life worth without God? I'm telling you, I'm thirsty for God. I'm telling you, God's saying, where are the men? Where are the men who will thirst for me with all their heart and soul and mind and strength? Where are the men who will pray as Isaiah did in Isaiah 26, 9? He said, with my soul have I desired thee in the night. When's the last time that you went to bed dog tired and you needed sleep because working men... Man, the Bible said the labor man, his, his sleep is sweet, amen? And for that woman that's working, amen, I heard somebody say a virtuous woman does not go to bed, she falls into bed. I believe that, amen? When's the last time? In the middle of the night, man, you woke up in the middle of the night, and I'm telling you, something on the inside said you need God. You need to spend some time with God. There'll be no interruptions now. You need to get up and you need to pray. You need to spend some time with God. I'm just saying, Isaiah, these guys were regular people like you and I. They thirsted for God. They desired God. He said, with my soul, have I desired thee in the night yea with my spirit within me will I seek thee early where are the men's heart desire uh, or, or where are the men whose hearts desire can be summed up in the words of Psalms 82 verse 2 my soul longeth these are all biblical words I'm talking about tonight my soul longeth for yea even fainteth for the courts of my God you know what he's saying there brother Blake he's saying man I want to be in the courts of God I want to be in the presence of God I want to be where God is Man, when's the last time you said, man, I'm telling you, if we, could, if we could put that, and I'm a King James man all the way, I believe the King James Bible, listen to what I'm saying, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm just saying, if we would, if I would use James Ruckman paraphrase, what the psalmist just said is, I'm going to pass out if I don't come in the presence of God. Have you ever worked so hard? Have you ever worked so long? Have you ever got so thirsty? Has your blood sugar dropped so low in the process of all that that you started getting faint? And man, it's like, man, I've got, man, I've got to get some water in me. I've got, to, listen, I'm about to pass out. Amen. Have you ever, have you ever been so broken over a situation or so passionate about a family situation or a physical situation? So, and you say, man, I'm telling you, man, if God doesn't step in here, man, I'm telling you, man, I'm going to faint, man. I can't go anymore without God. I need God. That's what Isaiah, that's what the psalmist, that's what these men of scripture are crying out. They're saying, man, I want the courts of my God. He ain't just saying, I want to go to church. He's saying, I want to meet with the God. I want to be the, with the God of the church. I want to be, I want to be in the presence. I want to be in the courts of God. Why does he want to be in the courts of God? Because that's where God is. I'm telling you again, I love Eastside Baptist Church. We're starting Falls International. I love Falls International Baptist Church and I've only preached there one time. Amen. I love it, but I'm telling you, if the God of the church doesn't show up at the church of God, we're spinning our wheels. We're wasting our time. We sing an old song. 
Brother, we met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? And then we sing that, that, that phrase, all is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. I'm going to tell you something, friend. Unless the Spirit of God breathes life into a church service, it's dead, it's wasted, it's empty. Unless the Spirit of God breathes life into our heart, amen. I'm talking about to make us want to live, to make us want to serve God, to make us want to love God. I'm telling you, I don't ever want to, as a church, have God right. Ichabod, Brother Hagin, over the church. The glory is departed. I don't want that. I don't want the church to become a lifeless body. I don't want that. Just as my body needs spirit to live, just as my lungs need oxygen and air to breathe, so the child of God needs the spirit of God to empower him, to give him life, to keep him going for God. We, you say, well, pastor, I got the spirit of God when I got saved. We got the spirit of God, absolutely. But I'm not talking about the indwelling presence of God. I'm talking about that manifestation of the presence of God in your life as he is real to you. When's the last time you read your Bible and, man, the words jumped off the page and you said, man, God is talking to me with this verse. You say, hadn't happened in a while. Can I say this with all due respect? I'm not preaching to everybody else outside the church tonight. I'm preaching to you. If you read your Bible and it doesn't speak to your heart, you need to pray and say, oh God, make the Bible come alive to me again. Oh God, do I have a sin in my life? Do I have something where, where, you, where I've grieved the Spirit? I'm telling you, when I go for a period of time and I'm telling you, uh, man, God doesn't speak to me through His Word and I come in here preaching and God doesn't speak to me through preaching and I mean everything just starts becoming a drag and that happens to me on a regular basis just so you all know, amen. I'm not some super spiritual guy up here. These things happen. I'm preaching out of my heart because these things happen to me and I began to drift just a little bit away from that that, that fervent love, that effectual fervent prayer, and these kind of, man, and, and God brings a message like this to me. I get on my knees before God and say, oh God, oh God, give me that passion back. Oh God, give me that love back. Oh God, give me that desire back for you because I'm telling you, I can't make it through this life without you. I need God. Each and every day I need God. I need him. I'm just asking tonight. You know, I've got two or three more points, but it's already 8.03. I'm not going to get into my other points tonight. I really believe I've said enough. I really do. I'm asking you tonight, where are the men who desire God with all their being? Where are the spiritual men? Where are the men who will seek first, before all other passions, before all other pursuits, who will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? A world out here dying and going to hell, young people don't even, don't even talk to God about their plans and about their careers and about their goals. I'm, I'm asking you. When's the last time you talked to God about yours? Where are the men who will take the time to be spiritual men and study to show themselves approved unto God, workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth? If your Christian life just consists of two or three meals a week at church and you're not studying this Bible on your own, Man, you're not the spiritual, godly, faithful man that God would have you to be. That, God's looking for a man. Hey, can I, can, now, can I just go from the generalities to the specifics? Men, I, I would submit to you that there's ladies in this church that are looking for men in this church that'll seek God with all their heart. There's ladies in this church that'll seek for men in this church, amen, to study to show themselves. There's church members in this church looking to the spiritual leadership to study to show themselves approved unto God. There's wives in this church looking for their husbands who will study to show themselves approved to God and bring devotions to the family at night, amen. 
Amen, Brother Upman. Thank you. All right. I told the African church on Sunday afternoon, I said, if you guys say amen, you'll find out. It just helped me when I preach, and the service get over a whole lot faster. Amen. <laughs> you don't have to say much to get those guys going. Amen. I can tell you that. All right. I'm just, I'm, I'm simply saying, can I ask you, I'm not getting to my other, I'm, just, I'm still in my sub points of the first point. I'm not going to my second or third point tonight. But I, but, but I want to ask you, where are the men who have learned how to pray? How long have you been saved? Have you learned how to pray? Do you know how to pray? When you read verses like, the effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man availed much, do you know what that means? Do you practice that? I'm not, being, I'm not saying you don't. I hope you don't take me wrong. I'm not saying you don't. I'm just preaching what God, man, pastor told me shortly before I come in here tonight. He said, Brother Rutman, and he said this so many times, he said, give him your heart. I'm giving you my heart. I think the psalmist is giving you his heart when he says, help, Lord, the godly man ceaseth. I think God's given us his heart tonight. Amen. Where are the men who will learn how to labor in prayer before God? When's the last time, you know, we come to church. I'm not being smart. I'm, I promise I'm not trying to be smart or funny. We come to church and we sing, sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer. That calls me. That's a joke to most of us Christians. When's the last time we spent a sweet hour in prayer? Most Christians. Many Christians struggle to spend five or ten minutes in prayer. I'm not being critical of your prayer life or my prayer life. I'm just simply saying we sing about things, and I'm trying to preach about it tonight. Do you know what the verse means in Jude when he said, but ye beloved, building up yourselves upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost? What does that mean? What does the Bible mean when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force? What's he talking about? He's talking about your prayer life. What's the Bible mean when he says in Isaiah 45, concerning the works of my hands, command ye me? He's talking about our prayer life. What's the Bible mean when it talks about a man by the name of Jacob who came and met with God in the brook Jabbok and he wrestled with God? The Bible said an angel of the Lord, but Psalms tells us he wrestled with God all night in prayer. When's the last time that you spent a night in prayer? The Bible said about our blessed Lord and Savior that he rose up early in the morning. Another place said he rose up before it was day. Another place said a great while before day. And the Bible said, but Jesus went out into a mountain and continued all night in prayer to God. We're supposed to be following in his footsteps. I'm asking you the question. I'm asking me the question. When's the last time that we've spent a night in prayer? When's the last time that we've spent a a sweet hour in prayer? When's the last time that we've got up early in the morning and prayed to God? Listen, Jacob, man, he faced a situation in his life. He had deceived his way through life. He had connived his way through life, and he come to a place where it wasn't working. His way wasn't working, and he met with God. He met with the angel of the Lord in the brook Jabbok, and man, they began to wrestle, and, and the angel of the Lord, who is God, he says to Jacob, he says, let me go for the day breaketh. And you know what Jacob said? knowing full well who he was wrestling with, I will not let thee go until you bless me. Do you see the picture that's there? That is a picture of prayer. That's a picture of a man coming before God because he's burdened about the state of affairs in his home or he's burdened about the state of affairs in his church. Brother Hagen coming in Sunday night to our prayer uh, meeting back here with the men and was really burdened as well on Sunday night and, and saying, he, he, one of his prayer requests, he said, God, please show us how we can lower the building debt on this place. Man, he didn't just, he didn't just say it. He prayed it effectually and fervently. I'm saying there's Jacob. And, and you say, what are you telling us about 
Jacob 4. Because he labors all night wrestling with God. Sometimes as we pray, guys, it's, it feels like a wrestling match. I, sometimes I'm just wrestling to stay awake to start with, amen. But the longer I get into it and the more I do it, man, there's a sweetness that begins to take place as I spend time with the Lord and I spend time with the Savior. But there comes that place, man, the Lord said to Jacob, let me go for the day breaketh. And you know what Jacob said? I'll not let thee go. Now, how many of you know that that's God? God could have made Jacob let him go. But he didn't because he really didn't want Jacob to let him go. He was testing Jacob's faith to see how easy Jacob would let go. Amen. We, we, we fall way too short. We quit way too early in our prayer life, guys. And Jacob said, I'll not let thee go until you bless me. And in the end, the Lord blessed him. You know what else the Lord did for him? The Lord said, I'm not going to call his name Jacob anymore. I'm going to change his name to Israel. Why did he change his name to Israel, Brother Matt? Why did he change his name to Israel? Because the name Israel means prince. And God said, as a prince, he learned how to prevail with God and man at the Brook Jabbok. I'm asking you, have you learned how to prevail in prayer? Have you learned how to turn the hand of God in prayer? Have you learned how to turn the ear of God in prayer? You say, well, God can do anything he wants to. He could, but here's what he told you to do. Ask, and it shall be given. He could do anything he wants, but he wants you to ask. Seek. That means sometimes you're going to pray, and it's not just going to be a matter of asking. Sometimes you're going to have to do some seeking. Sometimes you're going to have to seek for a while, and you shall find. You just keep on. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Knock. And the door shall be open. Sometimes you're asking and seeking, and you got to start knocking on some doors while you're waiting. Amen. And you say, well, what if that door doesn't open? Knock on the next one. Amen. What if that door don't open? Keep knocking until it opens. Amen. When God opens the door, nobody's going to shut it. I'm just simply asking you tonight, would you say, I'll be that kind of a man? I'll be a godly, faithful man? I don't want God decrying the lack of men in my church. I don't want God decrying the lack of men and women in my family. I'll be that kind of a man who will learn how to desire God, who will learn how to thirst for God, who will learn how to faint for God, who will learn how to fervently beseech the throne of God. I'll be that kind of man. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.